we did licensing deals with Star Wars, Minions, and private label manufacturing for companies like WWE. If you have an online store and people want to come in and touch and feel your products, now there's a way for them to come try them on. Well, now if you're thinking in the reverse, now with online and AR and VR, you can try things on virtually. So if you have a retail store and someone wants to pick something up, they can go online and try this on with AR or VR and use their phone and see what that watch looks like before they make the trip down to the store to pick it up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Money Mondays. We are going on week 44 or 45 of being the number one podcast in the entrepreneur category. We are still stuck at number three in the business category. We are actually not asking for your help there because we cannot win there because freaking Dave Ramsey. <laughs> he just puts out a podcast every day. We cannot beat that algorithm. However, on the entrepreneur side, we're staying at number one. And that is thanks to you guys for liking, supporting, commenting, sharing, posting the clips. And you are going to have some amazing clips today because our guest is really good at editing his own clips. So we're going to make clips and our guest can make some really exciting clips for you guys about real life business because we've been friends for many, many years. But before I introduce our main character here, I have to talk to you about my co-host, the real Tarzan. <laughs> In the last, I think it's 24 days, this guy's gotten 195 million views just on Instagram. He always <laughs> leaves that out. <laughs> He's not counting the Tiki Talks and the Facebooks and all the other platforms he has. Just on Instagram, 195, well, hold on, I think it's been a minute, 196 million views. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So our guest today, I have known for many, many, many years. I remember when he had a small office right across the street from the W Hotel, and he was like, I got this idea for flex watches. And then he went on to a TV show called The Prophet with Marcus Limonis. And I was like, wait, I watched that show. He's like, yeah, we just filmed all the episodes. And then he went on the show and he got the deal and became really good friends with Marcus Simonis. All of a sudden, boom, I don't want to ruin the storyline. Ends up working with him, etc. We'll get all into that soon. But this gentleman has built up what's called Flex Watches. Along the way, he also built up an agency to help other companies do cool design, branding, and marketing. So I'm not going to say his full name. I'm going to say his screen name because I know him and you know him as at Trav. Please give a warm round of applause. Woo! Thanks for having me, What's boys. What's up, baby? God, how many millions of views did you get on Instagram? Lots. 197 million now. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Actually, quick fun fact. Um, as of yesterday, my highest viewed video on Instagram from a single clip posted by me of all time is from the Wild Jungle. What? 163 million views on one video. What? It's insane, bro. And I posted it December 31st. And it was snake shedding, and I was like, New Year, new me. Everybody's going to be like that tomorrow. What did you <laughs> shoot that on? What kind of camera? An iPhone. iPhone is the king of content. Really? You think it matters? Yes. The algorithm is just favored for iPhone, for sure. All day, every I, day. Hands I could down. see that. UGC works really well on ads. So, you know. What is UGC? That's my first question. User generated content. So, typically, mm. when people create content on their phones about products it typically happens organically someone will buy something and do an unboxing video or show you what they bought but now brands try and replicate that and use that in their ad strategy so that it looks like you're seeing testimonials and quotes from customers which actually makes you want to buy so oh, it's more believable genius. and the algorithms love that content made on the iphone versus you know like a sony camera 
Yes. So know. as you guys know, the Money Mondays podcast is around 40 minutes or less because the average workout is 40 minutes. The average commute to work is 40 minutes. So we try to be around 34 to 40 minutes for you guys so you can consume this content. That is why our listen-through rate is at 93%. we got to try to figure out how to get to 94, then 95, then 100% for some of you lazy guys that don't listen to all 37 to 40 minutes of the podcast. However, 93% has been fantastic. Also, as you guys know, we have not done any ads here. We have made this podcast for you guys. At some point, maybe we'll do a sponsorship deal, an endorsement deal, maybe. But right now, we're not running any ads. There are some fun endorsement deals. I want to talk about Tarzan. He's been signing, finally decided to <laughs> come out of the woodworks. He's been spending $3 million building out the wild jungle section and the animal sanctuary section and growing. And he finally decided to jump out and do some brand endorsement deals with a tequila brand, Young LA Clothing, as you guys can see here. We'll ask him some questions about that in a moment. But first, as you guys know, we go over three main topics, how to make money, how to invest money, how to give it away to charity. This guy's company literally is designed to give money away to charity uh, with his Flex watches. So what I like to do is have you do a quick two-minute bio so we can get straight to the money. Okay. My name's Travis. My background's in e-commerce and marketing, and I started a company called Flex Watches, like Dan said. Each watch represents a different cause that we partner with to give back. We started in 2010, and we got our big break on a TV show called The Real World on MTV. And over the years, I've had the opportunity to work with some really cool brands. Uh, we did licensing deals with Star Wars, Minions, and private label manufacturing for companies like WWE and Dan and his company. So I've had the opportunity to make watches for some really cool brands and work with awesome IP. And like Dan mentioned earlier, uh, I've been working with other brands to do the same thing for the past, I'd say, six years since I was on the show The Profit. On that show, I helped other entrepreneurs build their brand and make money online. And through getting traffic on television, we had to figure out a way to harness that. So we set up websites, email capture, uh, and retention and remarketing campaigns from all the people that were watching these brands on TV. Wow. Yeah. That's really, that was really good. I have a lot of questions now. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So when you went on to The Profit and you go on there with Flex Watches, but the relationship evolved, you know, and your brother still works with Marcus Simonis to this day, seven years later. Walk us through the main idea of what happened inside of that world being with Marcus and that company. Yeah, so we went on the show because we needed help. Uh, it was 2016. I had moved to L.A. I'd done some partnerships that didn't quite go as planned, and I had some money tied up in inventory, and I was just trying to think of a way to take my life to the next level and grow our business. I knew I needed an investment and I wanted to get back on reality TV because it really helped launch our brand in the early days when I was on the real world. And one day I was sitting in my apartment and a TV commercial came on and said, hi, I'm Marcus Limonis. I help struggling entrepreneurs take their lives to the next level. And I was like, whoa, this could be cool. <laughs> Talking to me. <laughs> and it said, if you want to cast and join this, go here. So I immediately took out my phone and I tweeted at Marcus and then I went and casted for the show and you know, fast forward, obviously we got on the show. And then once Marcus met me, he immediately said, you don't make watches, you do sales and marketing. So why don't you guys do sales and marketing? We should work together. I have all these other brands and I wanna build websites and start making money online because I do retail. And he has a company called Camping World, which is a multi-billion dollar company and it's predominantly retail and they sell RVs, kind of like the one we're in now. And so I was like, well, I could help with that and I could build a team of people who could build these brands, build these websites and work with these other entrepreneurs to run their e-commerce strategy. So Marcus said, cool, go get an office downtown. Do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and let's build a team. 
So within a few months of doing that, uh, it became pretty evident that it was going to be pretty expensive to build an office, build a team, get the inventory that we needed, and start doing licensing deals with companies like Disney and Star Wars. So it made sense for Marcus to acquire the whole company, hire me, my brother, and my business partner, and then make us part of a larger portfolio where we helped grow his other brands. So the first brand we worked with was a shoe company called Incas. And the first year we doubled revenue, and the next year we doubled again. And so we started launching other brands, uh, Allison Eyewear with Aristotle, and the list goes on. So I was on about a dozen episodes helping entrepreneurs build their brands uh, and monetize on TV. So that all happened. And then when the pandemic started, we were filming an episode called The Inside Look of the Profit, where me and Marcus sat down on green screen and talked about the episode. And we ended up making a deal where I bought the company back for the first time in history. So when we stopped filming the TV show, we ended up closing the office and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next step. And I always wanted to create my own portfolio and do something for myself. So at the time, me and my brother made a deal with him at Rob Dyrdek's office <laughs> and my brother went and worked with him and I decided to go take flex watches back. Um, and build my own portfolio. So that was in 2020, right during the pandemic. And I didn't know what was ahead, but uh, I'm really glad I did it because, you know, we started the company 13 years ago and having the brand that I started just feels like something that I should have done from the beginning and I should have never sold it. So I went on the show and I learned a lot, but now I can apply that to my brand and all the businesses that I work with. Mm. So on the making money side, how can retail brands make more money by going online or doing social media? Yeah, I think the, the retail side of things is so important now because if you have an online store and people want to come in and touch and feel your products, now there's a way for them to come try them on. Well, now if you're thinking in the reverse, now with online and AR and VR, you can try things on virtually. So if you have a retail store and someone wants to pick something up, they can go online and try this on with AR or VR and use their phone and see what that watch looks like before they make the trip down to the store to pick it up. And in the very near future, obviously you see brands like Fashion Nova using delivery services kind of like Postmates where you could literally order something online and it'll come to your house that day. So my theory is that these retail stores will basically be warehousing product that's being shipped out locally, kind of like Amazon is with uh, Amazon Fresh. On the investing side of life, I've also noticed that you got into Airbnb and actually did like a cool restaurant slash Airbnb thing. Can you walk us through that project in San Diego? Yeah. So like you said, I started getting into Airbnbs. It was one of the first thing I did with my business partner down in San Diego when I bought my company back. And I was like, I want to do something different. And we wanted to do an Airbnb, but we came across this really cool historic building in Pacific Beach, San Diego that I used to go eat at all the time in college. It was called Brick and Bell and Cafe 976 before that and SD. And during the pandemic, it was available and we walked by or my business partner walked by and was like, this would be a really cool property. So we checked it out and we realized we could make a breakfast and lunch spot downstairs and the Airbnb two bedroom upstairs, kind of like a little treehouse vibe. So we started Palmy's, which is a restaurant with an Airbnb upstairs. And in our first year or so in 2021, we ended up winning Best New Restaurant in San Diego. And it's still open to this day, obviously. And we went on and got a couple more houses, which is now we're on our third property. And we started Airbnb-ing them. 
And our unique approach is that we bring brands into our Airbnbs. So now we have over 30 brand partners where people can come stay at our home and experience brands, whether it's a bed, a couch, a pool, or the things they're cooking with, or even some of the products that they're eating. So we created a company called Experientials, which is essentially a property tech company that integrates brands into high-end Airbnbs. And I can't share too much because the company is in the middle of a potential M&A, but we started this as an idea. We signed 30 brand partners, and now we're trying to scale to over 100 homes over the next year. Wow. Yeah. So cool. That's genius. <laughs> pretty, and pretty big brands, too, that work with us. So we can furnish homes. We can put in concre pre-concrete fabricated pools. Uh, we work with plungy pools, bio-design pools. Um, and, I mean, everything in between. You know, like we have Thuma as a furniture partner. We have Lazoni as a furniture partner. So whether it's a bed or a couch, um, mattresses, we have Charles Rogers. So literally anything you could think of trying in an Airbnb down to the towels and the sheets. Now you, you make can... a coffee and put a coffee in there. You know what's funny? You travel a lot, right? A lot. Bro. Do you drink a lot of coffee? I do. I just I... started drinking coffee like two years ago. Does it does it give you a lot of energy? It does. Does it make you wild? Yeah. Wild coffee. Wild coffee. Wild jungle coffee. It's got a little ring to it. I do know a really good coffee sourcing and manufacturing company that I need to introduce you to because I think you could definitely sell. Let me some talk coffee. to my financial advisor. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> you had me. At hello. So that's how we make money on this yes, podcast. Sir. Let's go. I like that. All right. Hey, you guys gonna watch a live negotiation? Ready for this, Travis? Yes. Can we place one of your Airbnbs with thirty brands here on twenty-six acres at the Wild Jungle? We can. That was the fastest negotiation <laughs> of my life. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Wow. Let's build an experience at Wild right Jungle. Here. Really though? No, really. So this is how this would work, right? We theme them out. So this would be a Wild Jungle themed Airbnb, where guests could then book it online, Airbnb and our own booking platform. And then when they come stay here, they could book a driver, they could get a chef, and they could they could do um, personal defense training, self defense training. They could do workouts. They could do little tours around the property with you, right? So now there's all these other things that they can experience, and then you can integrate brands into that. So now when they're experiencing these things, whether it's like training, you could throw a fight camp bag in there, which is one of the brands we work with, and now they get to experience something that they may want to order in real time. So we actually have NFC chips and QR codes, so when you're using something, now you can order it. So by the time you get home, it's at your house. So people can come to the wild jungle, experience all this crazy stuff, and then realize that they really love the bed they're sleeping in and order it. Boom. Pretty cool, right? Wow. A little QR code. Boop. Yeah, and it's oh, all man. it's affiliate model, right? So all all of those links. Um, and if you're interested in it, it's theexperientials.com, and you click on the brands page, and you'll see all the brands, and you click those logos, and they link out to the pages. So theexperientials.com, and go to the brands page. Wow. So. Genius. 26 acres here at the Wild Jungle. Eight acres is dedicated to the animals. We have 204 animals and growing. Actually, there's two babies yesterday. We have 206 animals and growing. <laughs> <laughs> They're very hungry. Uh, we are not open to the public, but we do have private tours here. And we have an upgraded version. We actually have Tarzan uh, doing the private tours. He's here most of the month. He's about three weeks out of the month um, to do private tours. So you can actually go to wildjungle.com to book reservations here in Temecula, California. But we're building into an actual brand, right? Kids toys, pet toys, kids food, pet food, dog food. Coffee. Wild coffee. Jungle coffee I just heard about now. 
And so the concept is to build into a brand because Tarzan is now, you know, getting hundreds and hundreds of millions of views talking about wild jungle living on property. So it's not like something he visited once. He literally lives steps away 97 <laughs> yards from where we're sitting in this motorhome as we speak uh, Tarzan just talk about the wild jungle and what it means to you and why yeah wild jungle is a you know it's a passion project um, you've been following along with the journey since the beginning of social media I go back on my content and look at some stuff and I see Dan's comments from like 2016 dude and we met in like 2019 2018 and it's like dude my man's seen the vision you know <laughs> And uh, it finally integrated and, and bring, you know, there's people with uh, billions of dollars and there's people with trillion dollar networks. Dan's got the trillion dollar network. And um, me, I'm a stone cold animal junkie. Whatever it has to do with animals, it's just wild. It's jungleistic. It's, you know, it's oceanic. It's, it's what I am. So I wanted to bring something to, you know, uh, animals and nature and, and culture um off of the essence of animals being wild you know and uh, my daily life taking care of these animals living with these animals sharing space with them sharing food with them working around the world just to feed them you know and um the wild jungle from kids toys and animal products like dog food and cat food it's going to help change a lot of things that people haven't had funding for before you know so um, the sales of those products will go back to rescuing animals exactly Oh, that's cool. Exactly. You know what you could do? You could like take Zoro the horse and feature him in an email and let people know that if they buy that week, they're supporting that horse in different you know, highlight different characters as different exactly. animals and like allow people to connect with like the camels and stuff like that. Yes. I don't know if you have to go as far as putting them on the products, which would be really cool too, but just the ability for someone to be able to buy something and know they're supporting an animal and now they can watch the animal grow and exactly. you can send out updates about that so if they bought this specific item that's supported or during this specific time frame it's a genius idea now they know here's the impact year one year two since your purchase and on the website you can keep track of all the animals that you're rescuing with the brands it's insane insane what you can do with that because people will love i mean i love that yes. you know and back to the wild jungle it's like most people think they see our platform with the crazy content with the cobras and the sharks and the tigers and blah 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 blah. you know but you know opening the zoo is great having these animals and doing content is great but how are we really going to make an impact how are we going to really you know shake up conservation and dump real money into preserving the jungle or or funding the people that protect animals from poachers or you know giving vet care to stuff that's wounded out there dog food and cat food you got a hundred and thirty six million dollar billion dollar a year industry in america alone we have one of the top 10 animal platforms on the planet you put two and two together now you got your capital to go actually make a difference all around the world just from dog foods and cat foods wild jungle baby I love this. You got two of the best marketers in the world right here. Like trillion dollar network, trillion dollar network. And You're every on every single Monday. We're giving you insight from so many different entrepreneurs, business owners, real estate, you name it, Airbnb specialists, rappers, yeah. athletes. rappers, athletes, insights on how to save your money, invest your money and give it away to charity. So I'm just constantly accumulating all these different guests and taking nitpicks here nitpicks there so awesome discussing it with him learning being a fly in the wall 
Yeah. Will there be ways for people to rescue animals and like basically pledge like you can online, like in Africa to help support absolutely. animals? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's really cool. I, website I, out now, so. I can't wait to see all this. I mean, it's uh, first of all, I'm so proud of you guys because, like, I remember walking here and there was nothing here. First, I remember the text from Dan that he's getting a ranch and that you're going to be coming here. I'm like, there's no way, too. there's no way. And then I came here, I was like, yeah, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> this is impossible. And then I came back two weeks later and it was like already some serious progress. I'm like, Dan's not messing around here. And then when I saw you, I think the first time I really saw you, you were swimming with like two snakes up top and yeah. i was like yo this is like the real deal it's like the, one of the craziest things i've ever seen now every time i come here whether i'm feeding camels or going into the goat castle or just walking around and seeing anything i'm just like what you guys have done not only have you given life to these animals right but you've created a place where when and there's like 40 50 people here today yeah when people come here like they forget about everything they're not stressed out. Mm -hmm. You're so compassionate for the animals. You're so interactive with people, talking to people, like showing them how the snakes can go. I, I was so scared of snakes and tarantulas and all yeah. stuff. And you had them crawling all over me around my neck. And it's just like the level of comfort you've brought, brought me out of my shell and something that I was scared of. Mm -hmm. And so this place is like breakthrough. Yeah. I don't know anything like therapy this. therapy place. Yeah, here. I don't think there's anything like this in California because not only everything I just said, but then you're here meeting entrepreneurs, multi-millionaires just the vibe here and the people who are coming through here whether it's for the masterminds the events the dinners the podcast on top of what you're doing i mean it's beyond a tv show to me it's like you guys are media you're a media company yeah. i mean you have a podcast you have events going on you have mul millions and millions and millions of views and you know you're a business like your personal brand is so strong like i remember when we we're at that event in arizona and um who was rapping? You, who was the rapper that Buster night? Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. Oh, my gosh. And it was like the coolest performance ever. And then he saw you right, right after. He beeline be straight to you off the stage. And, like, he was so excited to meet you. Right? Love that guy, man. And so that, to me, is, like, the reaction that you're going to give people. Even, like, the biggest celebrities in the world, right? You've built this personal brand. And now it's time to monetize it, bro. Yes, sir. You know? People love you. It's yes, time. Sir. And I love them, too, man. Love it's you cool. I'm going to ask the same question for both of you. Travis first. What are people doing wrong on social media? I think people are too worried about likes, views, and engagement. They're not posting what they really want to post, and they're posting what they think is going to be trendy, and they're too worried about the vanity instead of the actual connection that they're making with people. Yes. I learned that from you. Ne ne <laughs> <laughs> it's a... Uh, Emotional attachment to your content. There's a, a one thing I do is a, I'm a professional observationist because I observe animals since a, like since birth. So I'm also now engulfed and obsessed with this social media. There's phone in our pocket, it's Instagram, it's TikTok, and I'm observing all these people that once had 300,000 likes per post and now. They get 50,000 likes per post and they don't want to post no more. Right. And it's like, dude, that, that 300,000 is going to come back even stronger. But if you don't post because you're getting 50 or you're getting 25 or you're getting it's not a million, bro, you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot. Don't be attached. Don't be emotionally attached to the numbers that you see. Bro, I have videos that I've posted and they got 7,000 views, 20,000 views, and they're all the way down the bottom of my profile. And I still check them all the time. And every month, they just keep going up. They keep going up. And I remember being emotionally attached, not emotionally attached to those videos when I posted them six years ago. 
What about your content now? You're posting every day. People post once a week, barely once a day. It's like, dude, you're shooting yourself in the foot because you're so emotionally attached to it. Keep on posting. Yeah, I open my phone and I see both your posts on all my platforms. Nonstop. You know, every day. Yep. At least one. Because you guys are always posting and you're not like worried about it being absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's such a key to anyone, whether even with brands, you know, everyone has to have the perfect photo shoot and the perfect model and the perfect location. It's like, dude, just start posting. Mm -hmm. Just start putting out your content, just start promoting your products, your services, and see what people like and gravitate towards. And for me in paid media, it's been the user generated content mm -hmm. and it's been the stuff that we never intended to be ads. It was just the photo of the specific product on a table or a flat lay and it, or a watch on a wrist POV and it just went crazy. Mm -hmm. So you, you can't be afraid to test things and just try. Quick story. I had the same topic. I had a, a month, not too long ago, maybe like eight months ago, if I can remember, probably nine months. Um, I had 30 days of posts and nothing hit over a million. And I was kind of like weirded out a little bit. It was 500,000, 700,000, 800,000. And then that next month, after posting for 30 days straight and never cracking over a million, I still kept my constant rate of posts. And then the next month, I waited a few days and then I just kept posting the same. And then the third video in hit, I think, like 60 million views. But it trickled down. And everybody that was newly watching that video watched the rest of it. So I went from having you know, it's, uh, 30, 30 videos of 500K, 700K. And then on that third day of the next month, after a week later, that video still going viral, circulating, I went back down to check and they all, all, all had over 1.5 million. Well, you're getting so many followers. I see you posting hundreds of thousands. Those people are not just looking at one video and following you. They're watching six to nine videos and then following you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you They're know? getting addicted and hooking them in. Yeah. You know? I mean, you don't just follow someone because you saw one thing. <laughs> you yeah. go creep on their profile. You're like, why aren't I following this guy? This is so cool. Mm -hmm. And at first, you're going to be like, oh, what is this guy doing? And then you realize who you are and what you're doing. You're like, oh, whoa. No, I'm going to follow this guy. Yeah. So. so with Flex Watches, why was it so important to you to have a charity element connected and literally integrated into each of the watches? We wanted to do something different. We started the company around the time that uh, Lance Armstrong was doing the Livestrong bracelet and Tom Shoes started, Blake started Tom Shoes and that was a one for one model and we saw how they were giving like a dollar to cancer. And we wanted to do something unique and we just saw how we could do something similar to both of those brands. And then also we had these causes in our lives that we are passionate about. My business partner, Trevor's mom had breast cancer. He was part of a church in Irvine and they had a breakfast program in Rojo Gomez. So there was all these kids that, you know, they're going to school every day without eating breakfast. All the cooking was done over an open flame. So we saw these different things that we thought we could affect change in. So we started picking colors and picking causes. And then once we had a real impact, which was with the breakfast program in Rojo Gomez, we raised eight grand one weekend, which was over 15,000 meals for these kids. Wow. And when we went down there, we actually helped build the community center and the kitchen where the kids went to school and they started doing all the cooking. So after that, it was like an eye-opening experience that we really wanted to tell to the world. But we are a very small brand who'd only sold like a thousand watches. We just decided to donate the money and capture the content on our first Canon Little Rebel, right? <laughs> so we make this video and we're on our way home from Mexico the next day. And I'm just talking to Trevor. I'm like, dude, we got to tell this story to the world. Like, how can we go affect different causes by selling these watches? And we're like, 
let's figure out, let's buy more inventory and let's find more causes. So we go sit down to get food right when we got back to San Diego and I look up and there's lights and a boom mic and we're on set of the real world <laughs> and that's how the cookie crumbles. So we went and gave away all the money we had and the day we came home, we were blessed and we ended up on a shot of the real world and we didn't stop filming for 40 days straight. We were Whoa. integrated as cast members. Yes. I ended up doing a deal with Viacom, ended up buying ads. And we did a two-year deal where myself, my business partner, and our brand were integrated into reality TV shows on MTV. And um, yeah, it was great. So once that stopped, I started to figure out how I could get traffic again. And that's when I did the Taiga collab and worked with Logan Paul and started exploring YouTube and just trying to find the next rush, you know, and then Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Tarzan, when I say charity, which one do you think of first? It depends on what's going on in the world at the time. So it's always changing. You know, there could be a forest fire somewhere that's just taken over, and then everything else is on the back burner. Um, but as of this moment right now, nothing's crazy going on, thank God, um, where animals are being burnt down or, you know, something like that. But orangutans. I cannot get orangutans out of my head. Um, I had a real magical experience with uh, orangutans every single time I've touch one you know even if it's through the bars of a captive environment or i spent you know an hour long with an adult wild male that can just rip you apart but he's just like hanging out <laughs> yeah you know? that's crazy and um <laughs> kind of like I, you you could rip me apart but you <laughs> no, know um, <laughs> and um these 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 orangutans they really have touched my heart man i can't get it out of my head i i, I blew up a giant i almost never blow up any photos of myself I have tons of photos I've got this giant photo in my house I see it every day every morning every night of me hanging out with this male orangutan his name's Albert and um, to know the orangutan but know the lady behind the work that she's done to protect the species I get it I understand why she's done it for so long and why God forbid when she's gone in a hundred more years from now Who's going to take it over? Who's going to really protect them? And uh, while I'm living on this earth, I will make it a point in my life every day to talk about orangutans, talk about chimpanzees, talk about gorillas, you know, talk about the animals that are in danger that need help. You know, so uh, orangutan.org is the charity that I I always come to mind in these these recent years. And uh, Orangutan Foundation International is the the name of it, but they own orangutan.org. Um, uh, Frederick, her son, and Dr. Baruch Galdicus, um they just run through all types of research in the jungle, rewilding ex-captives, going around in different zoos and redoing their habitat so they can live good lives in the zoos over there. Um, I just visited one of her zoos in Honolulu, or one of her or- orangutans in Honolulu Zoo. She rescued it from like Detroit or like Pennsylvania, flew it to Hawaii funded the whole habitat for it, gave all the care how to take care of it. 46 years old, orangutan lives in Mill, Honolulu, downtown. Damn. Living his best life, <laughs> you know? But she's doing it for 300 babies in the jungle, you know? And, and, and she knows every single orangutan around the world. Like, and she's not lying, you know? And I love the passion and enthusiasm and the teaching she's brought. You know, the, the level of understanding of what it takes to really be a conservationist, someone to really make hardcore. an impact. It's hardcore 
nonstop, everyday work. Yeah, endless battle. Endless battle. And she says that a lot of people, which I end with this, a lot of people meet her because she's such an inspiration. And they say, oh, I wish I could live your life. And she's like, only if you knew how hard this life is to do what I do to take care of these animals, you know? And it's the truth, man. Yeah. It's the truth. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will have Trav back here, I'm sure, on the podcast. Uh, follow along on social media, especially on Instagram. It's at T-R-A-V, at Trav. Check out FlexWatches.com. I would tell you to follow The Real Tarzan, but you probably already are. Go to TheMoneyMondays.com. You can see us there every Monday at 4 p.m. We actually go live and do live Q&A sessions on Zoom every Monday at 4 o'clock. And then the money that is, comes from that, that revenue that comes from that, goes here and gets donated. And so go to TheMoneyMondays.com if you want to go to live Q&A sessions with myself, Trav, Tarzan, and some other business friends of ours. Uh, we do that every Monday at 4 o'clock, except for a few holidays. So basically like 47, 48 times a year on Mondays at 4 o'clock. Otherwise, check us out with the podcast. Help us share it, like, subscribe like you have been doing. And have these important discussions with your friends, family, followers, and coworkers about money. You need to have to talk with them about your FICO scores, credit, loans, payroll, salaries, accounting, everything in between. Because money is important. It is a function of life. And there's nothing wrong with talking about money. And it's important for us. That's why we're here at the Money Mondays, talking about money for you every Monday and beyond. We'll see you guys next Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Money Mondays. We are here in the parking lot of the Wild Jungle Ranch while Operation Black Side is happening right outside. So you might hear some, some guns going off in the background because people are getting trained by Navy SEALs. And military forces guys and special forces guys like Tim Kennedy, Ray Cash Care, so many awesome people teaching on the training side. On the other side, inside the gym, you got Michael Chandler, the guy that's about to fight Conor McGregor, teaching you how to fight. Like literally, you got to get on the mats versus Michael Chandler. There's also Tony Blauer, Steve Eckert, a lot of great guys that are teaching here at Operation Black Site. Right this second, right outside. One of our guests that happened to be here this weekend, enjoying. Going through the experience of Operation Black Site, learning how to get out of handcuffs and duct tape and everything, happens to be here right now. And so I decided to seize the opportunity, grab Tarzan. I don't know if he has a snake with him, but he was holding a big 15-foot snake a second ago <laughs> to get over here to do this podcast for you guys because James Malinchak has his own events, his own masterminds, his own stages. He's a speaker all over the country, all over the planet, really, for years and years and years and years. And he just happened to be here. So I have a treat for you guys. Please give a warm round of applause wherever we are on the planet to Mr. James Malachak. Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? <laughs> Get that snake off my leg. Get that snake. <laughs> so as always, we're co-hosted here with the real Tarzan. So if you hear a hissing sound, don't get worried. That's just he'll take he'll take care of it. Uh, as always, we always just joke about the fact that he's been getting 200 million views a month on social media. In the year 2023, he surpassed two billion views making wow. animal-related content for you guys at home and people all over the world. And so keep enjoying that content, sharing his content, etc. And that is obviously half the reason or big, huge part of the reason why you guys have helped support Money Mondays be the number one podcast and entrepreneur category week after week after week for over 52 weeks in a row. Well, sorry, 43 weeks. I don't want to over exaggerate. 43 out of 52 weeks. We've been number one. You can check that on chartable.com. Number three in the business category because of you guys. And it's important to have these discussions about money with your friends, family, followers, and coworkers because we all grew up thinking it's rude to talk about money. And we here at the Money Mondays, and I'm, I'm assuming why you guys are keeping to share us is the fact that it's rude to not talk about it. You've got to talk about your finances, got to talk about salary, got to talk about loans, 
overhead, expenses, your credit scores, and everything in between because it's real life. There's nothing rude to talk about real life. Nothing rude to talk about paying bills and utilities and medical bills for your family and buying food for your... Like, nothing rude about that. And we had this weird society where we grew up thinking it's rude to talk about it. And it is Tarzan and I's job to change that narrative all around the planet, from inner cities, foreign countries, and everywhere in between. We need you guys to talk about money, to change that narrative so you can make more money, invest money, and everything in between. So with that being said, James Malinchak, if you could, give us a quick two-minute bio so we can get straight to the money. Grew up in a small steel mill town, didn't have anything. Dad was a steel worker. Mom was a lunch mother. Played college basketball, got out, started to uh, do my dream job, which is a, be a stockbroker, handled a lot of uh, and entertainers and pro athletes, and got a call one day and asked to go speak. And I said, I don't speak. And they said, well, but we'll pay you 5,000 bucks. I said, I, I speak. speak, I speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned it. <laughs> and one led to two, two led to three, and here we are, 3,000 speeches later. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've been doing it for a while, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I just said this. <laughs> And I you realize you're older when you do that many. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> I'm going to change my bio. <laughs> I'm going to say, instead of 300 speeches, I'm going to say less than James Malinchak's speech. <laughs> okay, so from that moment in time, I've actually mentioned that speaking is the highest paid hourly profession in the world. Amen. More than doctors, more than lawyers, and more than anybody because, as you mentioned, $5,000, there's plenty of people getting 10000 50000 100000 not counting the celebrities and the Tony Robbins of the world that make, you know, 500000 or a million bucks. I've gotten people like The Rock and Oprah turning down a million dollars when I try to book them to speak, right? So from the speaking side, why do you think that speaking is the number one fear in the world and snakes is number two? <laughs> uh, because I think it's a stigma that, that started, you know, been passed down, you know, you know, don't talk to strangers, right? You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to be looked at and scrutinized if I speak in front of others, right? And so we get this, you know, this katoma, this blockage that goes on, and we start to believe that belief through life. So and I think that's that's why we have the belief that, that uh, speaking is scary. I, I look at it as speaking is inspirational. Speaking is passing on faith, giving people hope, giving people strategies, allowing them to change their lives, be better, grow, pass it on to their children. And so if you reframe how you see it, also, if people get nervous and scared about speaking, well, then they're focused on themselves. Hmm. And we should be looking at the audience and trying to help them and bless them and change their lives. So take it off of yourself. Let the fear dissipate, right? Here's the other thing that I always say is if you know your presentation, Right, it's a script. Yeah. You know your presentation, then you're just going through the presentation. So it doesn't matter if it's 20 people or 20,000 people, right? And if you're taking the spirit with, hey, I'm here. I'm not wearing a, a bib, meaning look at me and taking from the audience. I'm wearing a napkin. I'm here to serve, bless, and uplift people. Yeah. Then your whole disposition changes. Tarzan, the number two fear in the world is snakes. <laughs> Three-part question: One, should people be afraid of snakes? Two. Is it good that they are afraid of snakes? Three, how can they be less afraid of snakes if they should be? First question was, should people be afraid of snakes? Depending on where you're from, there's different types of venomous snakes and non-venomous snakes around the world. Most snakes, 95% of snakes, are more scared of you than you are of them. They're not going to hunt you. They're not going to chase you down. They're going to go the opposite way. Mm -hmm. um, there's plenty of proof in videos of people coming across multiple different venomous snakes around the world, hiking, going camping, go on a walk, and they see the snake, the snake acknowledges them, sees them, they see the snake, they don't engage in the snake, the snake just goes on about his way. It's not coming at you, attack you, it's not 
jumping up trying to bite you in the face or running mm-hmm. after you you need to go with your shotgun out your shed and shoot it is that because you're too big humans are too big well we're not yeah we're not on their we're not on their uh we're not on their menu you know and um uh we're not on a lot of animals menu um even sharks sharks bite us on accident because they think they're breaching for a seal or a you know a sea lion and someone just surfing on a surfboard and they bite and like ah what is that thing what's that bony that bony thing <laughs> get that thing out of here you know we're not we're not food items um and also people just don't know um they're they're they're, uh, they're uneducated they, oh, I saw this black snake. It's a black mama. Like, dude, you live in, you live in Kansas. <laughs> right. Black mama's from South Africa, buddy. <laughs> you know? So these people, people don't know it's what they're... Snake. It's a garden snake. It's completely harmless, you know? And um, and pe- people shouldn't fear something that they, they don't know. A lot of snakes are just misunderstood. Um, so, Like I said, a lot of traumas and fears are passed down. A good snake's a dead snake or, you know, so, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So people just... Have same thing. Shh, don't talk about money. It's, it's rude to talk about money. Uh, snakes, all snakes are bad. You know, it's mm-hmm. the same thing, man. You know, once you know, and, and and you get to understand what you're getting yourself into and what species you live around. If you live in a state like New York or, you know, somewhere in middle America, and there's not really many venomous snakes, you probably should just chill out and understand that it's just a rat snake cruising through the yard eating some rats. Mm-hmm. So you is th- is there some healthy fear of snakes? Like, should people be studying? Like, what should they do if they see snakes? Well, the good thing about the fear of snakes is you, most people don't want to engage. They want to leave them alone. They want to run the opposite way because they're afraid of them. But what does that do? That keeps that snake alive. And people aren't scared of snakes. They want to go out and chop the head off or, you know, and most people do. Most people chop the heads off of rattlesnakes. And it's like, oh, let me go pick this thing up and get a photo. And the snake head is still alive, is still alive <laughs> with venom. So the snake head will be sitting there with a body detached from it. And they go pick up that head and then boom, they're bit. And now they're wow. envenomated. Snake's dead, but now so are you. Wow. <laughs> you know? Wow. So that's another reason why you shouldn't be misinformed and uninitiated mm. about a snake. Because just when you think you've got it, it's still got you. Mm. You know? And then the last question was... How can they reduce their fear of snakes? Is it from studying? From studying. Know where you live. You know, if you're living, say, in South Georgia and living in downtown Atlanta, probably not going to come across any snakes. Now, if you're living in, you know, North Georgia in the mountains and there's big, huge rat snakes and there's a couple of rattlesnakes here and there. Phoenix, Arizona, yeah. Phoenix, Arizona, you know, Texas, Florida, you should start maybe even print off a little label and throw it in your garage and say, non-venomous snakes? venomous snakes you see a snake and you're like oh my god what is that black snake and you can look at it, take a photo of it on your phone and now you can go on your little board and see oh that's oh that's just a rat snake mm-hmm. let them chill you know they see a, a, a red and yellow coral snake in florida and it's like oh that's a highly toxic snake let me call animal control let me call a professional to help this get this removed out of here don't try to catch it yourself and be a hero when you don't know what is what yeah and you, you know? know what else dan i think hollywood portrays yes snakes in a bad way snakes, right? on, snakes on, mm-hmm. on or and money jaws right? you know yeah jaws like you know they're villains but if, money's also a villain if you think of who's usually the bad guy or lady in a movie it's the rich person right mm-hmm. right i mean titanic great movie right love story no one of the worst money programming movies on the planet like who who was the bastard in the movie the rich guy who was the hero the poor person so how many billions of people are getting programmed to believe they should be poor because they'll be happy and they'll be miserable if they have money same with snakes 
right? Money's not bad. Money is neither good nor bad. It's what I mean. What, what you do, yeah. give away, you know, help people, encourage people, put roofs on churches. How can money be a bad thing? But we get this pre-programmed belief that happens. You know, snakes are bad, sharks are bad, money's bad because of what gets portrayed and put out there in the media. Right. There's only a few dozen shark attacks a year, right? If that, <laughs> if that, you know. But I'm sharks like, are like the scariest thing ever. But guess how many sharks are killed by humans every year? Hmm. Hundred million. Wow. You know. So if we got eight shark attacks every three years. Just say eight. Let's just say there. Let's say there's eight shark attacks a year around the entire world and wow. all of the oceans. And then you got a hundred million sharks dying. And Who's you're, a saying, real you're saying the attacks humans. are not real killings, right? Yeah. You say they kind of let people go. Yeah, yeah. You know, and some people unfortunately don't make it. Of course. You know, but uh, majority of it's just like a missing arm, missing leg. And again, these are surfers going out, catching a wave in the same area where a shark is trying to get some food, hunting seals through the wake or hunting, you know, fish. And boom, happens to see a surfboard. Someone just washed out through, you know, through the wake and it's like, oh, bubbles everywhere. Mm. Accidental bite. You know, mm. and sharks like, oh shit, that's not, that's not a seal. That's carb, that's a plastic, uh, bones. Mm. Ah, can we get out of there? Mm. You know, and these these animals are ultra sensitive, ultra smart. Just because uh, we have iPhones and can build buildings and drive cars and you know fly planes, doesn't mean that all the animals beneath us are stupid or unintelligent. You know, they they do have a sense of intelligent uh, intelligence to them, and um, they have to survive. They're, they're, they're facing death on a daily basis, you know, and uh, sharks, snakes, all these animals have natural instincts, but they're also super sensitive creatures, you know. I think marine biologists can swim with sharks and they're swimming towards them and they can just po slowly push them away. Mm. Why can't I go grab a cobra and hang out with a cobra and know what a spitting cobra does or a monocle cobra does or, you know, it's, you got to know what is what mm. and what you can do with it. Mm. Alright James, so someone's out there They've gotten past their fear Of speaking on stage And they go out, they do 4 events And 8 events and 10 events for free Just to build their name, get their reps in They're practicing, they're getting good at it and They're really good at whether it's real estate Or health, mm -hmm. or fitness, or money Or accounting, or whatever they're teaching about They're ready to start charging For speaking How do you start to figure out in the beginning stages What the heck do you charge for a speech? Yeah, that's a great question and so what I always say about speaking, there's that's one of my logos, a coin. Always has been a coin. There's, I always say there's two sides of the coin. On the one side, you have your message, your story, your how-to information, how you make a difference, how you change lives. But then on the flip side of the coin, there's this thing called the business. A lot of people think if they just have a message and they uh, want to help folks, that they'll that will equate to actually getting paid. And nothing can be further from the truth. Right? We're running a business, and people don't think of it. So that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing is... You know, the number one, what's the number one mistake in all marketing? Creating a product or service first, trying to find somebody to buy it, right? No, let's find out what customers are wanting, what's the need, what void do we have to fill, what's the problem we solve, and then can we craft what we have to give them what they want, right? So let's think about speaking for a second. Number one mistake in all speaking is creating a message first and then trying to find somebody who controls the flip side of the coin, a budget, who writes checks for coordinators, uh, coordinators who write checks try to find them and get them to give me money but they don't want my topic right so the very whether it's real estate whether it's spirituality what I do for a lot of corporations peak performance motivation inspiration I need to know what that buyer wants what topics do they book what fees are they used to paying which just simple little market research 
and then I need to craft my message and my fee to match what they're already used to cutting checks for. And it's the easiest way to sell anything, right? Especially a speech, but people don't do that. So that's when I started teaching this 20 years ago. I hate to even say that. It makes me sound old. And I said, I'm going to teach the business of speaking because that's what I wish I would have known. Because when I started, I was so broke just focusing on the message. I was making seven bucks an hour working in a video store. I don't know if you guys even remember what a video store is. <laughs> now, now I'm dating myself. And that's because I didn't understand, you know, research the market, find out what they're booking, what kind of topics, what fees are they used to paying. So if I start off at like a $2,000 fee and they're used to paying fifteen grand for a one-hour talk, well, probably they're going to say, well, this guy's new and he's not any good because right. I don't understand the market. So I always say you got to find out what the market's paying and also are you matching what they want to pay checks for. So what is Big Money Speaker? Is it a mastermind, live event? Walk us through the concept of it since you've been doing it for 20 years now. What is it? So it originally started, I always say you got to listen to the customer, yep. right? And it started as I was teaching, I said, if I'm going to teach a seminar, I'm going to teach people what I wish I would have known. Like, how do you make money at this thing? Right? Because I want to help people, but damn it, I'm broke. Right? So I said, uh, when I became quote unquote accomplished in this, I said, I'm going to teach what I wish I would have known. I'm going to teach the flip side of the coin. So for four days, I would teach for like 14 hours a day. And it was all the money stuff. You know, who has the budgets? When do they book? Right? When do the budgets come in? How do you upsell, cross-sell, downsell? How do you get seven payments from one booking versus one fee like most people think they get? So I taught all this money stuff. How do you, you know, convert from the stage without seeming like you're converting? All the business side of it. And so people started to say, dude, you're the only person that's taught me how to make big money at this thing. Hmm. And somebody else would say, you're like big money speaker. And I would say, you gotta listen to your buyer. Hence, that's how Big Money Speaker got born. So it started as a, a seminar. My first one had 12 people in the basement of the Gold Coast Casino in Las Vegas, wow. like wow. a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then it just grew, grew, grew. And we were getting 1,000 people four or five times a year on, uh, for a speaker training, which is very finite. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I, well, back when, in my oh. day, when I retired in 2017 from teaching it. But when I was cranking it, I was doing it four to six times a year. And we were getting 1,000 people from 100 different countries coming. Because I was giving them what they crave, man, which is how do you make money at right. this thing? And so that's how the whole big money speaker brand, if you will, evolved. And then I started getting asked if I would coach people, right? Would you help me? Would you coach me? So that's how the whole coaching program around big money speakers started. So. Got it. Why should someone hire a mentor or a coach to either improve their lives or improve their business or improve their skills? Oh, my gosh. The worst thing you could do in life is try to be a silo and try to figure it out. And, and I, I was there, right? I would look for every excuse why I didn't need a mentor, right? Ah, I don't have the money, I'll figure this out, right? You know, ah, they're just taking your money. And what I realized is you go further, faster, and you become stronger when you have somebody that doesn't cut your learning curve by 50%, but like 90 to 95%, because right. they already did it, right? So, um, I mean, think about all the top athletes, Michael Jordan, they said he couldn't shoot. He goes out and hires the best shooting coaches, comes back, hires, leads the NBA. Hires Tim Grover. Yeah, yeah. hires Tim Grover as his trainer. Think, think of any athlete, enter, entertainers. They use Roger Love, top voice coach. Of you know, right? So if you just look at patterns of what the most successful people do, 
That's why I'm here. That's why I'm a part of Operation Black Site, mm-hmm. right? Because I want to keep evolving and keep growing. And you don't know everything, right? And the minute you think you've arrived and you know everything, that, sure. that's when you stop. People pass you by. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm here taking notes, man. And I told you on the f- yeah. first break, man, this is awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. I had so many notes from all the speakers and just techniques I'm learning, things that just never even thought of while I'm being coached being here. Right. You know, so I just think... I think it's asinine for anyone to think that they're going to go to a higher level faster and have more sustainable success without being mentored. So someone's out there, they did all their speeches, started getting booked, they started getting $5,000, $10,000 a speech, they hired a mentor, they hired a coach, they went to big money speaking, they started immersing themselves in the space, now it's time to scale. Why is social media and building a personal brand important for speakers? Well, so we all get into, I think, I think speaking has a certain evolution. We get into it because we want to make a difference, right? We want to change lives. And then we quickly realize, oh, crap, I got to make some money at this, right? The second M, make some money, right? And then we start making money. And I, I fell into that. I was doing 100 to 150 locations a year. When I say location, I could go to Valencia Community College in Orlando. They have six campuses. I'll get six checks from going to one location, speaking six different times. Well, eventually you're going to run out of like time, right? So you got to start thinking about, well, how do I? So my whole thing was, I always teach speakers this, don't set number of dates goals, set income goals. And then how do we re-engineer what you're doing along, your, along the lines of your message in order to make the same income, but have less effort? And one of the things I always teach is, you're like this, Tarzan, gator mouth. Mm-hmm. So here's how I run my business, by gator mouth. I want high net, as little work as possible, and as little expense as possible. And what I see is most people have the opposite gator mouth, especially in speaking, right? They have a lot of work, very low, I'm sorry, a lot of work, a lot of expense, very low net. And so when you start to scale by getting people to buy your programs, right? start to buy your coaching programs for like executives, et cetera, start to use your programs for training for their people, you're making the same amount of money, but you're a lot more money net, but you're working less and you have less expense. So as a speaker, one one by the way, I run a, a very nice multi-million dollar company. I got one employee. <laughs> one employee. One employee. When you know how to put systems in, and you've heard this before, what's a system stand for? S-Y-S-T-E-M-S. Save yourself time, energy, money, and stress. You put the right systems in place, you don't need like a big team, in my opinion. So I'm not saying there's a, a right or wrong. It's just what works for me is I like a really small team. I got one person. We've got everything scaled. We've got everything systematized. And then we just shampoo it. Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. Tarzan, someone's out there right now and they want to grow 10,000 followers. Okay, Whether they have zero right now or maybe they've got 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, whatever. They want to grow another 10,000 followers. What is a realistic way that they can do without spending money, just real time and energy? What can they do to start growing their following piece by piece? Reps. Constant repetition. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to succeed in anything, you have to constantly be obsessed with it. you got, you got to kind of be delusional, you know, in, in your approach to growing that following, to gaining and capturing the audience's attention and also retaining it. You know, um, and, and, and with the reps, you're constantly getting more comfortable being in front of the camera or being behind mm-hmm. the camera. You're constantly perfecting and criticizing your own craft. And then when you start getting a thousand followers, a thousand views, 
1,100 followers, mm -hmm. 1,100 views. Compound. You know, it just keeps on compounding. You may get 1,000 views, 10 videos in a row, mm -hmm. but you're going to get that one that, mm -hmm. boom, 10,000. Right. And then you're going to get a day where you, you, you grew 10 followers, and then one day you grew 150 followers. Mm -hmm. And then that next time you grew 1,500 followers. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to grow 10,500 followers in a week. Rent, wash, repeat. Mm -hmm. Shampoo that bad boy up, mm -hmm. roll it again roll it again roll it again you know and every single time you're getting better mm. getting more comfortable you're learning more words you're getting better angles you know you're, you're you're opening up and becoming your full self and the people watching you can see and feel with so many videos and so many things that you're giving out to them they feel attachment towards you they feel an emotional you know bond between you and they've never met you mm. they just see you online with your posts but you're giving them something to do something to watch something to be inspired by and with the reps you got growth they see the growth and then they want something that you have mm -hmm. which is success you know you can teach it yeah. you know encourage them lift them up people say oh how do i do what you do get in you know get in the animal shelter go work at a pet store go do some free stuff go to the dog park and help anybody play fetch with their dog you know just you know, whatever you can possibly potentially do do it everything counts a animals go anywhere that you can get your foot in the door get some experience volunteer work a minimum wage pet store job learn about fish learn about cats learn about the nutrition watch endless amounts of youtube videos on how to care for this how to care for that how to feed this how to catch a fish spend time in nature do your research read your books well so James, the person out there we're talking about, they did all their speeches, they started getting five grand, ten grand, started growing their followers like Tarzan just said. Now they got some money saved up. You know, they got the first fifty K saved up, hundred yeah. K saved up, and now they're feeling like, okay, I got consistent income, I got fourteen speeches booked for the rest of the quarter. They know they got more money coming in, they're ready to invest. With all the options that are out there in the world, how can people make the decision for their first investments, whether it's real estate, the stock market? cryptocurrency angel investing there's so many options what are ways people can make better decisions about their first investments yeah so uh i love everything you said your your talk last night was fantastic i took so many notes i'm like oh man this is amazing um i'm going to share my view on money expenses investing so i have a mentor has been a mentor my whole life worth about 500 million and he always taught me rule number one. And he, by the way, he started in the same small steel mill town I started in. So it wasn't like he came from right, anything. Right. He said, rule number one, don't owe people money. He said, it even says it in the Bible. The borrower is the slave to the lender. And so I just never forgotten that. And he said, pay everything off as fast as you can because you never know when you're going to wake up one day and don't want to do it. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like, I'm making a lot of money speaking i'm flying all over this is awesome and i can remember it like it was yesterday man i was sitting in the salt lake city airport in the delta terminal eating a piece of pizza at sabaro watching people about 9 30 run back and forth and i'm about to connect to go back to my home in las vegas and i said i don't think i want to do this anymore like i've been all over i'm like a road warrior on it and that that point hit me and thank goodness then I listened to my mentor. Here you go. Why have a mentor? I listened to my mentor because I paid everything off. It was how fast can I pay my house off? How fast can I pay my car off? How fast if you have school loans? Get out of debt, right? But then here's something that I did. 
and it's leading to your your answer of investing. I said, you know what? When I pay this off, because I start adding it up, like if I if I, you know, run this mortgage out for thirty years, I could have three or four homes, right? And I'm like, well, this is stupid. So why don't I just make a bunch of money, pay off my home, but I'm never going to stop making the mortgage payment. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I just make it to myself every month. So 13 years ago, I paid my house off in Las Vegas, but I've never stopped making the mortgage payment. Every month, it's a habit. Everything everybody's talking about here, discipline, commitment, habit. I've kept making that mortgage payment every month, but now it's going to me. So let's just do basic math. Let's say you wipe out a 5% mortgage. Take that money, you put it over here, and you invest it. All right, let's just give high view. And you put it away at 10%. That's a 15% swing on your money. Most people don't look at it like that right so I uh, paid my car off never stopped making the car payment for the past 13 years every month check gets written it goes to the investment account of James I have a an account with a guy out in Colorado so my whole thing is I'm sending it to my guy in the hills of Colorado and I'm never touching it yep. right and then when it comes to investing for me again everyone's different but I work hard to make my money I don't want to lose it so I want the three P's I want to preserve protect and have peace of mind I'd rather uh, I love what you talked about your your uh, 40, ratio, 40, yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, me, I'm, I'm not so much risky. I'm not so much in that last category. So if I can get a good, you know, eight percent, if I can get even, in my opinion, five percent to eleven percent, and any of that can be tax deferred or tax free, to me, to me, that's like twenty percent, right? So that's what I strive for. So what I've, what I've made, what I tell people is whatever your risk tolerance is, and 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 I don't want you to ever lose your money. So I can't tell you whether you should do crypto or mutual funds or life insurance or stocks, bond, whatever that is. Don't lose the money. Like I hate risking any part of my money because I bust my tail for it. So my thing is I want to get somewhere between 5% to 20%, whether it's tax deferred or if I'm going to pay taxes on it. And I want to be able to sleep at night. And I want to know if everything goes to hell in a handbasket, I don't have to worry because I'm never paying a bill the rest of my life. So that's just my philosophy rather than say, hey, do crypto or sure. do mutual funds. So let me walk you guys through the concept of 40, 40, 20. I do 40% low risk, 40% medium risk, and 20% high risk. I call it the shot at glory. On the low risk side, that 40%, I want to make between 5 and 9% for the year. I'm really just battling against inflation. This is mutual funds, CDs with your bank are actually offering high percentages now, the S&P 500. Those things that are basic, I'm gonna make 5%, 7%, 9%. That's quite safe. There could be some volatility, but I want it to be low risk or no risk. On the medium risk side, I wanna make between 10 and 30% for the year. Three main categories that I do that with. One of them is real estate, one of them is the stock market, and the other one is cash flowing businesses. 10 to 30% for the year, it's medium risk, but I reduce my risk by finding things that already have success. When I talk about the stock market, I'm not talking about buying a penny stock. I'm talking about buying Google, Apple, Netflix, Walmart, Tesla, like real life companies that have hundreds of billions of dollars, not hundreds of millions, hundreds of billions of dollars in sales, and year after year after year after year, they've gone up. Now, stock market has roller coasters along the way. It can go up, it can go down. The stock market can be very emotional. But over the course of time, Tesla, Google, Facebook, Netflix, etc., they've done well. And if you believe that Apple will be here in five years, you should own some stock. If you believe Apple will be here in 10 years, you should own some stock. Can Apple go down in the next one, two, three, four, five months? Of course it can. But over the course of time, you've seen it go up year after year. On the real estate side, you have three core options. There's a lot of options, but let me go over the three core options. You can buy and hold, you can fix and flip, or you can buy and rent. There's a lot of other options out there, 
But these are the three core ones that I look at and how I invest into things. And you have to decide for yourself what type of investor are you? What types of things do you like? The other one is cash flowing businesses. Someone opening their first pizza restaurant, really high risk. That's way over here, super high risk. Someone opening their 12th pizza restaurant, not high risk. Is there a little bit of risk? Of course, that's why it's in the medium risk category. But someone going from number 11, number 12, not really high risk. So I like to invest into things that are already doing well, whether it's the stock market, real estate, or cash flow businesses. Over here, the last part, the high risk side, to me, this is mostly angel investing and cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency, again, has emotional roller coasters. However, Bitcoin is the number one performing asset in the history of the world. Let me say that one more time. Bitcoin, over the last 14 years, is the number one performing investment asset in the history of the world. There's no stock, there's no company, there's nothing that's even close to the return on Bitcoin from the beginning to now. And it's not slowing down. A lot of roller coasters along the way, but it's been winning for out of 14 years, it's only had one losing year. On the angel investing side, as you guys know, that's my passion. I've done 43 angel investments. I've done 11 through my elevator syndicate. I've done 11, or sorry, nine through elevator rolling fund. Just the last two years, raised $44 million through elevator syndicate into private equity companies. Companies that are doing between two and 20 million sales, we put in three to $6 million. Why? If they're doing more than 2 million, it's kind of like the same thing I just mentioned. Zero to 1 million, zero to 2 million, super hard, huge high risk. Going from 7 million to 12 million, not hard at all. Just a little gas in the fire, fixing some things, getting some more sales. So that's my general investment strategy. You can adjust the 40, 40, 20 to whatever you feel comfortable with, whatever you like. That's just what I've done for many, many years and that's what I preach about because I want people to just think about it. And as you heard it, did you like when I talk about low risk? Did you like when I talk about medium risk? Did you like when I talk about high risk? Hoping to make 500% or 2000% or something crazy? Going all in on any one thing is the wrong answer. If you only go all in on safe, it's really hard to build wealth. It'll take you a long time at five, six, seven percent a year. It works, compound interest works really hard because it takes a long, long time. Can't do only medium risk because you're gonna have some losses and failures along the way and you'll be working too much. So you need some boring low risk stuff. And you definitely can't do all high risk because you're gonna be right once in a while, but even a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> so just because you get right once in a while does not mean you're a good angel investor. So you gotta be picky about those things and spread out your risk. All right, last core subject is about charity. We talk about making money, we talk about investing money, let's talk about giving away money to charity. James, why is it important for people, whether it's for themselves and their family, or for their businesses, to involve charity into their world? Oh, I think I think it was Tony Robbins who said it best, it's one of the great lines, you know, the secret to living is giving, right? And, you know, I don't think there's a better gift you can have than when you know you've made a difference in someone's life. And so many of these folks, and you know better than anyone with your charitable uh, donations and drives that you do, that a lot of these folks you never even meet, you never even hear. Right. But it's just good. It's good to. It's great karma to put that out in the world, right? I was on a TV show called Secret Millionaire on ABC, yep. where they literally picked me up out of my life and threw me into an impoverished neighborhood, and I had to live on forty-four dollars and sixty-six cents for like eight days, and I had to look for amazing people who were just doing great stuff and i would volunteer in their their organization four dollars for the whole eight days yeah 44 dollars and 66 cents you realize how important 66 cents is when you have no money right <laughs> right and i had to strategize right that when they picked me up and abc took me to be on this show said you can't take anything right right no phone mm -hmm. no credit cards nothing just give us your driver's license and your medical insurance card and i'm like 
<laughs> well, I need my medical insurance card, <laughs> right? And so you start to strategize, right? I got $44.66, I got eight days. Well, man, let's see, what can I do? If I get peanut butter and jelly and bread, I'll have protein, I'll be able to have energy. Sure. And if I get big jugs of water. So you start to strategize on how, I, I realized something, when I went through that, I said I could win Survivor. Because the thing that, that bothered me the most was how would I like survive with no food and all that? I, I, I could I could I figure that it. out. I yeah, now I got it. All right, guys, if you're listening to Survivor, <laughs> we have a new cast member for you. James Manchak is ready for you. As long as it's in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, um, and what, what I had to do was uh, volunteer. I cleaned toilets. I swept floors. No one knew my background. And at the end of the time together, I went and said, hey, Dan, it's been great being here. I have to leave town, but there's something I haven't told you. That's my one acting thing, right? I had to pause. Everything else was you know, real, reality. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I had to, they actually wanted me to say, I haven't been honest with you, but I said, I'm not gonna do that because I'm not gonna lie to these folks. Right. I won't tell them certain things, yeah. right? But I'm not gonna lie to them. And so I changed the, the, the scripting they gave me and said, there's something I haven't told you. And, and I said, look, I'm not a struggling you know, volunteer. I'm actually a successful entrepreneur, and I think what you're doing is amazing. And then I open up my checkbook and I start writing them checks. I had to write over hundred thousand dollars worth of, of monetary gifts, so they can further their cause. I lost my sister to a brain tumor several years ago, and that time that I had with her before Vicky passed away was the most beautiful gift God ever gave me. I never thought I'd have something that was close to that again. And it's not as close it's not as like number one but it's it's pretty close learning from those people and how like a little monetary gift changed their life and gave them hope because i believe people have their hope tank on e Mm -hmm. and i believe it's our role being put on this earth from god my choice to believe right that our role is to help put the hope back into people's hope tanks and so when you are blessed to have money what better way to save and help people than write some checks and give some of that away or a lot of it away to help other people because i don't care what anybody says in my opinion the world's changed with a checkbook right you know i I can volunteer i can give my talent my time but at the end of the day if people need food it takes writing a check to do that and it takes money in order to buy food if a roof needs to be put on a, a church and we need lumber and we need to hire people to do the labor we need to write a check for that so I believe that money is a great thing when you're doing great things with it. And I think everybody, I love what, what our friend Cole Hatter says, make money matter, yeah. right? And I, I just think that one of the greatest gifts you could ever receive in your life is knowing you've made a difference in the lives of other people. So Tarzan, for the people that don't have the checkbook or calling, put a small check in, how can they use their social media to help charities? Sharing content, yeah. pushing links, Using hashtags, save the shark, save the orangutan, mm. anti-palm oil. These little things go a long mm. way. They compound. When something catches fire and starts getting shared and people start posting on their stories and they got a hundred friends that are real close with and they mm. see that their friends repost, repost. super worked mm. up on something. They want to repost it. Mm. Girls are emotional about the little bunny rabbits being you know, skin for fur and they mm. want to go repost. It's just... It's compounding, you know. Mm-hmm. So anywhere, anyway, if you don't have the money, you don't have the checkbook, use what you got. Use your resources. Use your platform. Call mm-hmm. someone. Send a text out. Like something. Comment on it. You know. Give your input. Even just liking and comment. Mm-hmm. Call is zero ninety nine. Have a good time on social media. <laughs>
All right, guys, you're listening to a great special edition of the Money Mondays. Make sure to follow James Malinchak across social media, especially on Instagram, to watch all the cool events and celebrities and stages that he's on all the time. I would tell you to follow The Real Tarzan, but you probably already are because this guy grew 100,000 followers the last three days. And then three days before that, 120,000 followers. And three days before that, 150,000 followers. And I don't want to take up too much time, but you get the, the pattern here. Uh, Tarzan's on a road rage mission. He went from 8 million to 8.8 .8 million really quickly. And by the time you're listening, it's probably going to be at 8.9. Maybe maybe even the big nine. And because of that, we want you guys to keep sharing, liking, commenting, subscribing. That's the only thing we ask for. As you noticed, the first year here, we haven't done any ads. Maybe at some point we'll do some endorsement deals or sponsorships, but we haven't done it yet. We've been turning it all down. Even though we're the number one podcast in entrepreneur category, we want to run this clean and mean and efficient for you guys. That's why our podcasts are under 40 minutes so you guys can enjoy it at home. So please like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends. When you see clips of James this week, share that, share that with your audience because it all helps people talk about money. And that's the whole concept of the Money Mondays. We will see you guys next Monday.